The text for the sermon this day is taken from the gospel lesson, especially these words. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. That is the text. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So, in case some of you don't realize, there's something that starts on Friday, a week from Friday. Anybody want to know what that horrific day is? Yep, school starts on Friday. So, it'll feel like a Monday and a Friday rolled into one. So... With the start of a new school year, there are so many thoughts that run through a person's mind. Perhaps this is their very first year of school. Maybe they are going into kindergarten. And so that child goes into that classroom and sees that teacher for the first time, kind of a little, maybe a little bit afraid of who he or she may be and looks around at all the different classmates, and it might be a little intimidating, especially since they might know some of them, but not all of them. And then, of course, their parents go away for for much of the day. And, of course, the parents themselves have a sense of fear, hoping and worrying whether or not this child will be able to make it through the day. What are they going to do without them for the first time for so, after so many years? Are they going to make friends? Are they going to be able to get along with their classes and their classmates? If there's going to be a mean kid, will they be able to handle the mean kid? And of course, hopefully their kid's not the mean kid. All these little fears and concerns wander through the mind. And maybe you're a little bit older than kindergarten. And maybe you're heading into junior high. In this school district, you've, for all, this, all the while you've been with BCIG or OA, and all of a sudden, you're thrown in together. What does that do to the social dynamic of your, of your life? What is it going to be like now with a whole bunch of new people? Not to mention you have a little bit more responsibilities when you get into junior high. Or maybe you head into high school, you're a freshman. Last year you were the top of the food chain. Now you're at the very bottom of it. And and all of a sudden all those relationships and friendships you had before, are they going to be the same? So many people, so many of your elders could tell you about what it was like, how they had such a good friend through junior high, and that friendship faded away in high school. Or maybe it was not quite the same. So you wonder, can this friendship hold up through the day, through the week, through the year, through high school? Or maybe you're a senior in high school. And all the, the year of all the lasts, everything is the last. It's the last first day of school, which that usually tends to be a happy thought. But there's also the last first practices, the last homecoming, the last all these different things, and all the while wondering what will next year bring? What is the future to hold? Fear dominates. 
Will you figure it out before the school year's out? And by the way, a little, just to let you know, it is okay if you don't completely get it down before you're done. Just to give you a hint, when I graduated from high school, I was going to be paid to be talk about the NFL on ESPN. So that was, my, that was my future in mind. So it's okay to not have it figured out quite yet. But those fears run through the mind. And then maybe you get older. Maybe you're thinking about your career. Maybe you're at your job, you're wondering, are we going to be able to keep the clients we have? Are we going to be able to keep business up so that way we can keep the hours going? And if not, if the hours aren't keeping going, when are they going to show up? Worrying about making ends meet. Worrying about what my job still be here a year from now. What if they decide to automate it? Or maybe you're worried about the trade wars. What is it going to do to prices for as far as being a farmer? How much more is it going to cost to do what you do compared to what you bring in? Or maybe you get even you're getting older. In your event, approaching that retirement age, do you have enough to retire? Are you ready to retire? Or are you getting to that point where you wonder, do you have to go, are you going to have to leave behind your home and go to an assisted living because you can't be where you're at? Or maybe you're, going to have, you're thinking about having to even go to a nursing home. And then there's that lingering fear that every single one of us has. When will we die? Death is always hanging over. When we, we may not be afraid of death in and of itself, but we might be afraid of, for one, how it will happen. But also, what if, if I leave, will my family be ready for me to leave? Will I have accomplished everything I thought I could accomplish? Will there be things left over to do? Last weekend, our country was rattled with fear again. A shooting in Dayton, Ohio, and a shooting in El Paso, Texas. Our country is consumed with fear about mass shootings. I've, heard of, I've read so many different posts on social media of people think, looking at where they're at and thinking, what if it happened here? What would I do? And the thing is, is if you really think about it, okay, bringing in a subject that a lot causes fear for many people, math, when you think of mathematically, the likelihood of you being involved in a mass shooting is insanely small. You have a better chance of winning the lottery. If you think you have a good chance of being in a mass shooting, you should go play the lottery, too, while you're at it. Because you have a better chance. But that is the way many of us, many people are thinking. We don't realize that the actual homicide rate in this country is going down, not up. 2018, which is the most recent data, is lower than 2017. And it is much lower than it was 
in the 70s or the 80s or the 90s. Contrary to popular belief, it is nowhere close to what it was in the 80s. The 70s and the 80s were the most violent periods in the history of this country. And many of us act like it was, it was the most peaceful. And we wish we could go back to the way it was in the 80s, when in reality it was worse. But that is how much we have given into fear. The devil loves it when we're afraid. And he loves to take that knife and twist it. Because fear is ultimately the opposite of faith. When we are afraid, it means we are not trusting God. As Jesus asked, how much can you add to your life by worrying? Can you add a single day? In fact, scientifically speaking, worrying actually takes a day away from your life. It ruins your health. Worrying does no good. See, Jesus is telling this to his disciples. Because the reality is, is in a few days, it won't, won't be long before the fact they themselves will be afraid. Because Jesus will be arrested. They will be afraid and they're going to run away in fear. Jesus will be crucified and he'll be put into a tomb. And they will lock themselves away in a room out of fear. But when Jesus rose from the dead and he went about showing himself risen from the dead for 40 days, they stood tall on the day of Pentecost, Peter specifically, and proclaimed Jesus is the Christ. See, the thing is, is the one who was talking to them, he is the fulfillment of God's promises. See, when God told Adam and Eve that Eve would have an offspring that crushed the serpent's head, when God told Abraham that he would have offspring as numerous as the stars, when he told David that he would have offspring that would build a temple that would last forever, that offspring was a specific person, and his name is Jesus, the one who is telling the disciples, fear not, little flock. See, God, through the thousands of years, and by the way, he did not start the promise at Adam and Eve. Sometimes you hear people say, well, Jesus was God's plan B. No, that was always the plan. As it says in Ephesians, that God, before the foundations of the earth, chose us to be holy and blameless in his sight. So in other words, God had been planning everything before the earth was created, before the fall into sin. He knew everything was going to happen. He had it in plan. See, that is your God. That is the one whom we can trust in. The one who through the course of events of thousands of years... And you realize how much happens within the course of several thousand years? Realize how much goes into place to lead to the birth of Christ, and yet through the birth of Christ born of that little, that 13 to 15 year old girl Mary, and through the crucifixion and through his death, he brought salvation to the world. 
And for that reason, his disciples could boldly proclaim Jesus is the Christ. Yesterday, August 10th, was the anniversary of the death of a man named St. Lawrence. St. Lawrence was, was put to death, executed, on August 10th in 258 A.D. The story was is that the emperor at the time, I think it was Sixtus II, had issued a decree that all Christians were to be arrested, and when they were arrested, they were to give up all of their possessions and hand it over to the emperor. Well, St. Lawrence was the treasurer. And so when they arrested him, they asked him, he was commanded to give up all the treasury of the church. And so he told the emperor, I'm going to need a few days to collect all of it. And the emperor gave him three days. On the third, so what he did is he gathered all the treasury. And instead of bringing it to the emperor, he gave it to all the orphans and the widows until there was nothing left. And so when he stood before the emperor on that third day, he said to the emperor, he pointed to all the orphans in the crowd and he said, Behold the treasures of the church. At which point he was bound and he was burned alive on a gridiron. But history has it that when he was on the gridiron, he said, I am well done on this side. You could turn me over. You realize what confidence and boldness it would take to be able to stand before an emperor and do that. Or to be burned alive and be able to have a little, to still have a sense of humor. And it's kind of a sense of mockery. Luther had a great quote. As Luther was hunted throughout his life, especially when he sparked what became the Reformation, and he made a quote once that he said that, Fear not the one who could cut off your head, for we know one who could grow it back. So we have so many things in this life, in this world, that we become afraid of. And yet the reality is we have nothing to fear. Because ultimately the one who, see, when God told Abraham that he would have offspring as numerous as the stars, guess who, that off, who is part of that offspring? Who is a member of those numerous as the stars? Hint, you sang it in Sunday school. Father Abraham has many sons. Many sons has Father Abraham. I am one of them. You are one of those stars. Before the foundations of the world, God chose you to be holy and blameless in his sight. He orchestrated all of history to bring the gospel to you, to make you his child through the waters of baptism, through the proclamation of the word. And he orchestrated to strengthen you every time you receive the Lord's Supper. He worked through history to make it so for you. In spite of our fear, in spite of our lack of faith, he forgave us of our sin of faithlessness and declared us his child, his heir. I don't know if you noticed it, 
But the hymn that we just sang, did anybody notice what hymn number that was? 666. If you're not familiar, that is the number of the devil in the book of, in the, from the book of Revelation. Now, back when they were putting together Lutheran's service book, the hymnal committee found themselves in an interesting dilemma. It's the first hymnal that ever went to 666. And so they're wondering, okay, what do we do? We could do the whole hotel thing. You know, hotels don't have a 13th floor, so they might have gone 665 and then 667. And they decided instead to go with a hymn that pretty much stuck it to the devil. Oh, little flock, fear not the foe. Listen to what it says in verse 3. As true as God's own word is true, not earth nor hell's satanic crew against us shall prevail. There might a joke, a mere facade. God is with us, and we with God, our victory cannot fail. Or as Luther put it, though they take our fame's goods, fame, and life, Though they all be gone, our victory has been won. The kingdom ours remaineth. Anybody recognize that? It's the last words of a mighty fortress. We have nothing to fear. For Christ is your king. He is your Lord. He is your God. He walks with you. He is with you every step of the way. It does not mean that life is going to be without difficulty. It does not mean that you will not have suffering in this world. In fact, God promises it. That's the reason why you come here. You come to the divine service. You come to church because the devil is constantly after you. Constantly trying to attack you. Constantly trying to drag you down. Constantly trying to give you, let you give in to fear and to follow after other gods. And so God gives you this place to hear his word. To receive his supper. To be reminded of your baptism by which God's own child you can gladly say it. You were baptized into Christ. He gives you that. He gives you his sacrament by which he strengthens you to stand against the forces of the devil. He gives you prayer by which you could say to God, deliver us from evil. Lord, help us. Guide us. He gives you means after means to stand against the devil. Do you ever wonder why it is so dangerous when somebody walks away from the church? It's because it's like you're slowly taking the armor off. And you're walking around in nothing but a t-shirt and shorts while the arrows of the devil are flying at you. How long will your faith stand? So God gives you your fellow Christians he gives you his word. He gives you his sacrament. And so we hear it. We receive it. And by it, by the faith that is given to us in it. Notice that in Hebrews 11, hear what it said over and over. By faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. By faith given to you. 
you could stand against the devil and say, stick it in your ear, the kingdom ours remaineth. In Jesus' name, amen. The grace, peace, and mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, keeping the one true faith, the life everlasting. Amen. Please stand and sing, create in me a clean heart.